0: A page at page, page sheets. Good lord, can't speak today. Yeah. Welcome to episode 76 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co host today is Dade. We're getting nerdy about composition books, but first, let's talk about what we're consuming. Dade, what are you excited about? What are you consuming? What's happening?
1: Um, I'm excited about a lot of things. Um, consuming a Coke, I shouldn't be drinking soda, not because it's inherently bad. I just need to stop drinking soda, but it was quick and easy. (laughs) And I don't know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need a can of Coke. Um, Mm. so, um, yeah, I, exciting. So it was my first week of field placement this past week and it was a lot. It was a whole lot, but I was able to use stationery, which was really fun. I find that it's quicker to take notes by hand than typing. Um, some people would probably disagree with that, but like, I don't know. I just find it to be a little bit more intuitive to like, have like a legal pad and like take notes. And then I could refer back up to other sections and annotate. And, you know, because a lot of the meetings I'm in uh, involve like a lot of complex ideas and thoughts and, you know, I think I wasn't sure how I was going to take notes, but for now, um, it seems like in meetings at least, uh, taking notes by hand. I also have to ask, you know, my field placement supervisor, you know, when I'm working with kids um, in session, like, what is appropriate for keeping notes? You know what I mean? like by hand yeah. or digital. I, I know there's working at a high school is like at least the high school I'm at is like the wild, wild west <laughs> right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. There's not, you know, there there's rules and then there's rules. And so so yeah. So I actually was using a comp notebook because I knew we were going to talk about nice. them. Nice. Um i'll I'll talk more about it you know when we get to the part of the the show, but it was a mead composition notebook
0: okay. uh,
1: so um and outside of my field placement, I have been doing a lot of digital stuff. I upgraded my computer, so I went uh to a solid state drive. I was just having some issues with loading times with gaming, and just other like you know, doing multiple tasks or boot time. Like I just, I needed more speed. And so, you know, solid state drives are pretty cheap right now. So I invest in one of those. Um, I upgraded some fans and got more Ram. That's nerdy stuff that is not stationary related. Uh, I bought a new office chair though. The chair that I'm currently sitting Wait. in is horrid. It's, it, I guess to someone who might sit in a chair like for an hour a day, it's fine. But I'll be sitting in a chair for like eight hours a day for the foreseeable future. So I really wanted to get something that works with my, you know, schoolwork and also gaming Uh, because I pretty much feel like I live in my office right now. So it took a lot to find the right chair. I'm very picky and unfortunately gaming chairs are designed in a way that how to say it they're not very friendly to to fat people um because they're designed <laughs> like they're designed like race car seats and that's yeah. cool that's fine because some of them have really good back support but they all of them have this problem where like the sides kind of have these little like it it's almost like a U shape so it like hugs your thighs mm. and So, you know, it's like, sure, I'll fit in the chair, but I'll be stabbed for eight hours. (laughs) So I actually was able to find a gaming chair slash office chair that does not have that um, and is really plush, has a lot of options. um, And I'm excited it'll be here not next week, but the week after, because they're still on back order from You know, everyone needs a new office chair during COVID times, I guess. Uh, So I'm excited for that to show up. I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about it when it finally gets here. Um, And then I've been also setting up my office to be a workspace that's a little bit different than when I was in school. So because I'm going to be doing counseling with kids, you know, online via either Zoom or by the phone. Um, you know, I, I'm i kind of back and forth right now. Should I use a Zoom background and not show my space? Or should I show my space? So it's kind of like where I'm at and trying to figure that out. But I also want a workspace that is comfortable. So I want to, when I'm in session with somebody, I want to be able to have access to multiple things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I'm working with someone's IEP, I want to have that up. But I also want to have, you know my notes up and I want to, you know, so I, I need to have something where it's comfortable, but also accessible. So I've been kind of like playing around with ideas. Um, and let's talk about the new black wings from third man records and books. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen them less.
0: I have, um,
1: I got some and I like them. I mean, I like the, the third man records version, the yellow pencil with the, the Pharaoh with the blue stripe. Mm-hmm. I think they look good, but it also I'm trying to find a way to diplomatically put this. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, people were going bonkers about these, this new edition. And I, I, I didn't comment but I wanted to say these are special editions they're not limited so they're not going away until they sell out you know what I mean like they're not they're not special edition means they're special limited edition means once they're gone they're not coming back right and well, so it's like
0: the TWA pencils or the Diana they're just gonna keep right. renewing they're gonna make more
1: of them over time correct and I was seeing people like spending two hundred dollars on getting and that's hey if that's your thing that's cool i'm fine if you know but they're not unless for some reason they don't decide to make them anymore I, I don't see them going away after the huge like you know when erasable was filled with posts about them they're still totally in stock on the website so um but i ordered a box of each and what i'll probably do is is trade some of them for i see some people want um, some of them, and they're willing to trade some old Black Wings, so use them as like trade fodder. I mean, they look nice, but it's just a Black Wing pencil with a costume on. Yep. Um, I would like for them. This this really, really, really makes me want them to do a reimagination, reimagining of the Van Dyke pencil, though. Mm. That that yellow with the dark ferrule and the stripe and the the darker red eraser. Like that mm-hmm. pink, it just, it's perfect. It's beautiful. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's really been my world for the past two weeks. What about you, Les?
0: Um, well, so at work, we're getting ready to roll out some, some online groups. Um, and so I've been really neck deep in the whole Google, um, docs planning Atmosphere, I don't know what else to call it, so um we're I, I'm just using a lot of online tools for work right now, but outside of that, um I've had a i finally started using my bullet journal again so at work I use uh, a Leuchtturm nineteen seventeen as my main bullet journal. A co-worker had ordered uh, a bunch of them and they'd given it sent her the wrong order, so they just sent her a free one. she's like, and they told me to keep them so have one so she gave me one for free um and so that's what I use at work right now and it's funny because I started it at the end of 2019 and then basically for six months it sat unused in my desk and so now I'm restarting it and it's a little weird to like use a bullet journal that I didn't touch for six months but I've been doing a lot of thinking about my various groups in that and the things that I want to run. Um, I also, on top of that, like where, where I was starting to plan out my groups, I just pulled out, we have, we always keep a stack of cheap legal pads at work. So I just grabbed one of those and just started like scribbling on it. I filled up one in a like week and a half. So a lot of ideas there. Um, and that same coworker, um, who had gotten the, the free Loish terms, was like, I'm going to order their new pen. And so I, I checked it out, and it's it's called the Dre Griffel, which is a combination of German words. Uh, and it's based off a historic design, and it is a great twist-style pen. So it has a twist mechanism, a lot like the Baron Fig Squire. Actually, I think it's the same mechanism except for the fact that it is plastic on the inside. So the whole pen is, is all metal and it's, um, so yeah, so I, I just, I really like that pen. It just fits my hand perfectly. It also, um, so I store or I put my pen loops on my journals on the top front cover. So when I open up my, my, my journal, the pen loop is totally out of the way, so if I don't want to use the pen and I want to use a pencil instead, it fits perfectly at the top of the journal, and when I'm writing, it's completely out of the way. So I really dig that. So everyone should go out and get the dry griffle, um, and I, at some point, I'm going to practice pronouncing that. I actually had someone teach me how to pronounce it properly based because they speak German. Um, I finally got... A 12 pack of the Tennessee Reds. I um, saw that.
1: I'm excited for you because I love them.
0: They are, uh, I think they've gone to the top of my favorite. I am very excited about this pencil. I love how it smells. I'm using one right now. That's what I'm taking show notes with. I've got a three by five card, um, and the Tennessee Red and I, it smells great. It looks amazing. It writes. I love this core. If, if Musgrave put this core, into all of their pencils. Um, I don't think anyone would ever complain again. Um, yeah, some of them were a little off-center, but not bad enough to really... I know that there are some complaints about it and people, like, really complaining a lot on, our, on the Erase Bulls group, um, but mine weren't that bad. I mean, I suppose, like, when you compare it to something like a pen in gear, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> one of the made in India, it's it's... It's not that bad in comparison. Yeah, I know that some of them are, are a little off center, but I don't care. I don't think, I see, I don't see these as a collector's item. I see these as a pencil that is made for a pencil using lover to, to use. I see these as, I mean, they're nine bucks a dozen, which is a little pricey compared to like a pen and gear, but also they're made in the USA. They made of American materials and they, it sounds like they're actually sourcing a local place to make their slats. Um, which is kind of amazing. So I, I'm, I'm not going to complain too much about the off-center cores. Um, and I figured out the secret to getting them sharp with a hand sharpener. So I don't know about you, Dade, but when I, when I hand sharpen a pencil, I usually jam the pencil in there and use a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Um, so I was experimenting with one of them last night with one of my hacked up Sarah's Um, and if you use very little pressure and take a little bit of wood off at a time, perfect sharpen every time, no broken leads, it just sharpens. So like just the lightest amount of pressure and just, you know, just very light pressure and it sharpens it perfectly. But my, my usual, like jam it in there and twist, 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 um, taking off big, giant, thick chunks of wood. Not effective. Um, so there's that. I have um, – so I don't know if you saw my post in the RSVP group a couple of weeks ago of the Kickstarter. Um, it was like a three-by-five card stand. It was a wooden stand um, that held a three-by-five card upright where basically you put your your bullet-pointed to-do list for the day.
1: Yes, I saw okay. that.
0: So, so I, I had a three by five card holder. I attached a magnet to it and then I put my three by five cards in a binder clip and it sticks there upright, just like that fancy little holder. But what I realized is that I am still in love with a hipster PDA. And I started carrying three by five cards with a binder clip in my pocket again. And I basically like, if I like when I'm drafting a review for a pencil or a pen or anything, now I grab three by five cards and I work through the things that I like. I work through the things that I don't like. So each the pros get a, get a card, the cons get a card. I write up a little blurb on a three by five card and I use that as my blogging draft now, but also I've got my to-do list and I had just opened um, a fresh CW, uh, CW pencil, pencil enterprises by Story Supply uh, pocket notebook, the little one with that had the pencil wrapped around it. I opened a fresh yellow version of it and set it all up for you know my pocket carry, and I haven't touched it. All I've all I've been using for the last couple of weeks has been a hipster PDA, um, and it feels very retro, and I'm okay with that because it's working for me um what else i've been reading a lot um it's, it's funny so we have um we just got the xfinity flex which is it does a little voice search it's got a remote that has a voice uh search function on it and we have like free weekends full of different movies and uh channels and stuff and i haven't watched tv hardly at all these past few weeks since we got it Um, instead I've been playing music and just reading, um, right now I've been reading Neon Yang's novella series. Um, I I think I talked about it last, last episode.
1: Um, You talked about it off air, remember?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I've been, I've been continuing to read that, that book series, um, which everyone should read. Just if you Google Neon Yang, you're gonna, you're gonna get the series. It's got a really cool magic system. Um, and features twins, uh, as the protagonists. So, that's great. And I've also been reading American Hippo by Sarah Gailey, um, who uses they, them pronouns. So, um, I've been, I've been kind of going deep on the, um, what do I want to say? Non-binary authors. So, that's been, that's been really nice doing that. Um, I think that's, that's all I have for the things that, is really exciting and consuming. I did just finish a really delicious cup of coffee that um I think came via trade. It was either trade or bottomless. So um it's an Ethiopian. It was nice and fruity. I could go for another cup if I'm honest. But and since I don't have to work tomorrow, I just might after we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> um so are we ready for our main topic?
1: Uh, I think we are.
0: Okay. All right. So um, we realized um, last week that we had never done an entire episode on my favorite topic, composition notebooks. And so today we're going to go deep on composition notebooks. We're going to talk about what makes a composition book, what makes a good one, why use them, and all of that stuff. So to me, what makes a good composition notebook is the simplicity of it. It's, they're, they're pretty basic when you think about it. You know, it's like a stiff cardboard or plastic cover, um, with anywhere from 70 to 100 sheets stitched into it. And a hill I will die on is that it must be stitched. So there are many composition of books out there or, or things that claim to be composition books that are glued in. A a glued book is never a composition notebook. Um, To me, it's got to have that stitched paper into the cover. Uh, And that's another aspect of the book is that they are a single signature or a single series of pages stitched directly into the cover. Um, So to me, that's that's pretty basic. I mean, and we have in the U.S., we have – a lot of different styles of composition notebooks like when you are taking tests at school you get the little blue books that's a style of composition notebook but that's not what we're really talking about that's that's a i don't know an exam booklet type thing um so to me that's what makes a composition book and it's got to be a single signature never just just one signature one stack so a single stack of sheets Stitched into the cover makes a composition notebook. Any more than that, you're not, you're getting, you're getting into a different style of comp, of book. Uh, so, I like a thick cover. So, if you are in the U.S. and you have a Walgreens near you, they sell a brand called Wexford. Wexford is a great example of a classic composition notebook. It's got a nice thick cardstock cover. Roaring Springs, which is a made-in-the-USA brand, also does a very thick cardboard cover. Um, and those are probably my two favorites. The thing that Wexford has over Roaring Springs, is that they have a nice uh, paper on the inside that's usable for liquid inks like fountain pens and feels good with fountain pen as well. So it responds very well to wet inks, whereas I find that the Roaring Springs notebooks tend to have a thicker, pulpier, rougher paper inside. Um, In recent years, uh, many of the composition notebooks on the market have thin Sort of flexible covers. So many many covers have gone towards a very thin cardstock cover that's pretty flexible. I like to see a composition notebook that has some heft to the covers that holds up so that you can actually fold it over on itself and then write in your hand so you don't have to rest it on a table or a surface to write into it. Um, but those thin covers, if as long as you have a surface to write on, they're fine because they protect the inner pages from injury in a backpack or or in a bag and you can pull them in and out of a bag a hundred times and even a cards cardstock cover is going to be fine Um, my least favorite cover of all types are the plastic covers Uh, I just the polyethylene covers I don't like them for a number of reasons they're just not they're not sustainable number one Um, there's no reason to have a plastic cover Um, I know a lot of people Seem to like them because they last and they they look good for a long period of time, but they're just it's not necessarily even a cardstock cover is going to hold up very very well in a backpack even with a child so there's no need to have those plastic covers um, and you know the one of the great things about the card covered composition notebooks is that they're compostable I mean you can literally throw your entire composition notebook into a compost pile and eventually it's going to break down. Um, and so that like to me, that's like one of the great things about the composition notebooks is that they're not only inexpensive and sturdy and stand up to a lot of abuse. They're also, you know, environmentally friendly if you think about them in terms of something that can break down, whereas the plastic covers will never break down. They're just going to pollute the earth for the rest of time. I like a decently... Uh, taped cover like I like to see some some width on that spine tape so if you look at the spine of a composition notebook it's almost always going to have spine tape or something that represents the spine tape because that's a classic part of the design um, and so I like to see something that's around an inch wide um, some some of the companies really skimp on that spine tape and I think it detracts from the design but I'm also particular with that I also really like when the spine tape has some texture. Because it's very soothing to run your finger over the texture of the spine on a composition notebook. It just it's it's slightly rough, but it's not going to harm anything. It just spine tape um should be textured, should have a decent width to it. So it doesn't look too narrow. Like you when you look at them, you're gonna be like, eh, that's a little too narrow. And just doesn't feel all that good. Um and then inside, when you open it up and you look at the stitching. You want to see stitching that looks pretty, pretty tight. You don't want to see loose stitches or big loops inside. Um, I like to see the stitches around a quarter of an inch, but even up to a half inch wide, the stitches are okay as long as they're nice and tight. And, um, oftentimes the, the, um, thread is made out of polyester, which is the only thing that wouldn't be compostable in a traditional Composition notebook, but many of them are also, um, you know, you'll find cotton thread in there or linen, um, probably not linen, but definitely cotton. And they're print, so it's pretty sturdy with the, all of those stitches in there. They're very sturdy. Um, and there, so again, I go back to that. There's always one single signature in a true composition notebook. I know that there's the company out there, Comp, that, um, They've put out a lot of historical stuff about composition notebooks. They've collected a nice history of composition notebooks. But I don't think that what they produce is actually a true composition notebook. It's a more traditionally bound, multi-signature book that isn't even the same size as a traditional composition notebook. And I should have measured one um, for this. But uh, like I'm pretty strict in terms of what... I think of in terms of size of a composition notebook is nine and three quarters of an inch by seven and a half inches. So yeah, so it's going to be that particular size. And it's one of those things that for me with composition notebooks, because I fill up a bunch of them and I want to look at them all together, there's something very soothing about looking at a shelf. And I talked about this last week, something very soothing about looking at a shelf filled with all notebooks of the same style and size it's just there's something super cool about that and so in terms of number of sheets or pages i see a lot of composition notebooks now um in, in these like times um that have around 70 to 80 pages that's becoming very common but the traditional length was 100 pages or 100 sheets of paper 200 pages um, and I, I will always prefer a 100-page composition notebook over fewer. But um, it's really common now to see them 70 to 80 pages, especially in the 50 cents range. Um, paper ranges from thick, pulpy to slick and thin. It's always thin. The paper in a composition notebook is always relatively thin. It's usually around 15 pounds. Um, I don't know the GSM of that um, offhand. But it's a very, very, very lightweight paper. Um, and, but it's also pretty tough. I mean, it's like standard school paper. There's, there's a sturdiness to it, um, that you don't necessarily see everywhere. Um, I am a huge fan of the, that kind of inexpensive, cheap, um, but also really serviceable paper. So like a composition notebook ticks all of those boxes for me, especially when I do my roundup and you can check out the reviews and I find something that's like 50 cents and it works well with like pencil and gel ink. Like that makes me really happy. And then when I find something like the Wexford composition notebook that does really, really well with fountain pen, that makes me even happier because I know that that paper has a nice quality to it. Um, and so that, that's, you know, awesome. Like you can, you can really get some really nice notebooks out there for 50 cents with, you know, 80 sheets, 160 pages for 50 cents. I mean, that's just, it's, it's when you think about that, um, in terms of like cost per sheet, I mean, it's very inexpensive. Um, So what makes a good
1: composition notebook? Dave, do you ever think about that? Like, what what makes a good composition notebook? (laughs) I, not frequently, but yes, recently I have. um, Because I've been doing a lot of purging, and I found that I had a lot of composition notebooks laying around. And so Mm -hmm. um, I donated most of them because Mm -hmm. they, I, I think it was maybe last year the year before, I was buying some pen and gear notebooks. I bought the I have a bunch of one subject pen and gear notebooks because I like the paper, like the spiral Mm. bound. But like you, Les, I really despise the plastic covers. Yeah. Um, To the point where like like I just don't use them. Like I had, so I had a stack of notebooks. This is a perfect example why the plastic cover isn't very good either. You know, they they advertise it as like, yeah, like it'll be great for a backpack or throwing around, but somehow when I stacked a bunch of notebooks, the cover got bent. Yep. And so there's no way to kind of rebend that. Um, you could bend it back, but it's never going to sit right where the hard, thick cardboard. Yep. Yeah, if you bend it, you're pretty much probably going to crack it and break it. Um, but even then, like, I, I don't know. The plastic is just – it's also flimsy to me. Yeah. Um, well, and
0: it's a, the book is all floppy. It, right, it, like right. You can't write in hand. It's it's
1: floppy. It's, they're a pain in the butt. It, it defeats the purpose of what I think about when I think about a composition notebook. Mm-hmm. And that is a notebook that you can just kind of toss in a bag and feel – like – feel a sense of like i don't have to worry about this for many reasons one because it is durable but Mm two like you said it costs 50 cents so if something were to happen to it you know it's not like you'd feel horrible um whereas if you bought like you know a ten dollar notebook that might make you feel something um yeah you know i've been really so like I said, I, I went through and I did a lot of purging and this week I've been using a mead, uh, composition notebook, a mm-hmm. classic black marble, the nine and three quarters by seven and a half inch, uh, mead composition books have a hundred pages or hundred yep. sheets, 200 pages. Uh, the paper is great. I really, yeah. really like the paper. It's, it's never going to be my smooth Japanese paper that I so have a love affair with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it works. And there's also something I saw in preparing for this episode. I wanted to go on Mead's website to kind of like look at their notebooks. And they have a three-subject composition notebook. Yep. It's 120 uh, sheets. But other than that, I don't see any real difference. I guess it's just thicker. And so they can say three-subject, yep. like 40 pages per subject. like. Um, so, yeah. So I've been using Mead. I've also used... Um, well I talked about pen and gear I like the paper I don't like the the covers Um, the what is it called oh tops Um, you ever hear of that brand
0: I have yeah I um, wasn't able to find any to um do a review on I did uh, find one I think of theirs at Target
1: yeah like they they're on Amazon, but buying a single notebook off of Amazon is unreasonable because you either get charged a lot or yeah. it's an add-on purchase. And so if it's an add-on purchase, you have to spend more money anyway. But um, it, I've used those in the past. I think um, it was actually early on in my college career, I had a psychology class that had us journal, and our professor actually gave us a composition book to use as a journal and mm-hmm. I remember using those and liking those because of something you said less it had a real textured kind of binding almost it felt like cloth like mm. like a real kind of like like velvety but rough if that makes sense um kind of cloth and it was really durable like i really don't like composition notebooks that just seem like they slap a piece of masking tape on the binding
0: yeah yeah i like like, some texture there
1: you know right right um and and with you less too, the stitching it's one of the first things i kind of inspect with any stitch notebook i'm not generally a fan of notebooks with that are stitched just because of you know how they lay open and, and just not being able to tear pages out in a way That's neat, but it's one of the first things I look for to make sure it's tight, to make sure the stitching is thick. It's not, you know, and I even kind of like, people probably think I'm weird in the store, but I'll like tug on the book, like I'll open it and like really kind of see, um, how it's built because, you know, sure. If it's a 50 cent composition notebook, I'm just going to, you know, you're getting into, but, um, you know, some like the Mead composition notebook, I think they're like three or four bucks
0: yeah yeah three so they can be up to like three fifty four dollars i've seen them for six before
1: their own website i wouldn't recommend buying from them it's five dollars and 49 cents per notebook ridiculous Um, yeah so but no i mean those are the things i think about with a composition notebook i never liked them as a kid i think because i remember when i was a kid five star came out and Five star notebooks were like the thing to have, you know, where you went from using one notebook for each class to a five star project notebook. And so composition notebooks kind of took a backseat to all that.
0: Yeah. Well, it, where, where when I was growing up, composition notebooks were for um, the poor kids because they were like 10 cents. Um, and so no one wanted to use them. Because that's what the poor kids used. But also, um, Mead Five Star came out, and that's what everyone wanted. Um, like, I I remember wanting, you know, the spiral bound or, like, the perforated with the three-ring binder holes already in them. Because three-ring binders became really big when I was in, like, seventh or eighth grade um, because of trapper keepers. And there was a point when... And this is totally off subject, but there was a point when I was in, I think, seventh or eighth grade, I decided I wanted a canvas-covered three-ring binder. And I found one that was in this, like, beautiful deep red cover, and I had a clipboard in the front. So I would have – I would just take this one notebook with me to class, and I did this and used it in high school too. And I would have a stack of three-ring binder-punched paper in the front of this binder. And then I just had a slot for each of my class notes and I would just take some of this loose leaf paper and then I would take notes for that class and then put it into the appropriate spot for the class. Um, because I was a nerd. Um, but yeah, I used that binder system for I think my, my freshman and sophomore year. And then I switched over to another binder system. Um, that was a five star. It was a mead five star, but it had, it was like a zippered, thing that had inside of it, the three ring binder and then a pouch for pencils and pens and erasers um, and a pocket. And inside my pocket, I had a little clipboard because again, I was a nerd. Um, I, had, I had found this little aluminum clipboard, which I still have somewhere in my home. Um, and I would just take out that clipboard and I would have my little, my, my three ring binder punch paper on my clipboard and I would take notes. Um, and to me, Um, when I had a notebook, I had a bunch of those, um, five-star notebooks too. Um, the covers were just for doodling. Like I didn't actually, I don't know that I ever actually took notes in any of those notebooks. I distinctly remember doodling, um, in all of those five-star notebooks more than I ever did any writing or note taking. But, uh, yeah, God, I was a
1: nerd. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I think we so, all were.
0: I, I think anyone who's into stationery must have been somewhat nerdy in their in their teen years and childhood. Um, but so this brings me to another, another aspect of why use a comp book in the first place. Uh, and for me, part of what I like about it is that I can't tear pages out of it. So I'm forced to leave the pages in there. And I use them for a number of reasons. So I use a composition notebook as a journal. Um, I use it for my morning pages. When I do morning pages, I, I, come and go from morning pages pretty often. I find that I have a lot of difficulty doing morning pages and find myself more doing a mind dump in the evening after work. It lets me process my work day pretty well. But a composition notebook is really great for that because they're 50 cents and I'm not worried about ruining my term, you know, $20 notebook with the meanderings of my mind. Um, So that inexpensiveness, but yet quality paper bound up into the composition notebook is really why I use it is because it's so cheap. I don't worry about the fact that I'm ruining it. If I, if I jot down a novel idea, so this is part of my writing process, is that if I get an idea that I think is going to work as a novel, I grab a fresh composition notebook and I write down all of the things that I can think about for that idea. Like what is the grand idea? Is there a character a character that is coming to my mind? Is there a scene that is coming to my mind? Is there a location coming to my mind? Um, and so I just jot down those things. And then – it, because it's a 50 cent composition notebook, I throw it in a stack. And if that particular storyline comes back to me and I want to pursue it, then I can expand more into that particular book. I will also just jot down outline ideas, um, character sketches, things about the character that come to mind that all gets dumped into a composition notebook. And while I was sort of recoiling from being on my personal computer during work from home time. Um, I really turned towards using composition notebooks in part because I have many of them. I am Sable on composition notebooks. So every year that I do my composition roundbook, there's a reason I don't do them every year. Um, because oftentimes from year to year, um, and I don't think I'll be doing, doing one in 2021. I might, depends on how many composition notebooks I go through this, this year until next back to school season, um, is often, um, every other year is fine for them because the composition notebooks that are going to be on the shelf next year are go- probably going to be the same composition notebooks that are on the shelf this year. So my doing a roundup next year, my, the moot point might be moot because I'm just going to be reviewing the exact same composition notebooks from year to year. Um, so that's one of the reasons I don't do one every year. But also I bought 16 different composition notebooks this year. Um, and I had probably another 25 from past years of review. Um, and yeah, some of them I am going to end up donating to schools because I just won't use them. Like they're the, the mead, um, green, the green one, um, the jalapeno paper company one, uh, there are a couple of others that I'm, I just, I know I won't use them. So, yeah, so so I know that I won't use the the composition notebooks that I didn't like in my roundup. Um, but I will also, like I picked up another six of the Unison from Target because they had the graph version uh, for 50 cents. So I picked up six of those because I really like the graph version. It's just, uh, As far as graph composition notebooks go, it's a really, really nice one. The paper's nice in it. So I just picked up six of those because I know I'll use them over time. But, um, yeah, the, the, those, the compositional books I didn't like, I will give them to someone somewhere. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's part of it. The fact that it's 50 cents uh, for roughly 100 pages of decent paper. The fact that I can't tear it out, the fact that I don't worry about ruining them. I don't care, you know, if I'm going to throw I could throw it on the floor. My dog could sleep on it and the composition notebook is not going to be any worse for wear other than, you know, my dog kind of stinks now because he's old. But, um, you, you know, that's like. They're so cheap and that's why, like, that's why I love them. They're cheap quality for the most part paper Um, that fits in every bag. That's the other aspect of them. I like the size. The size is just right. And. The other thing is I only write on one side of the page. I know a lot of people will write on both sides, but I find that inconvenient, particularly if I'm working out ideas. That's the other thing that I really like about these is that I will write on the right hand side of the page and then the back side of that page um, I will sometimes use to make notes about what's on the right hand side. So that left page, um, I'll make Notes about ideas and things or like, maybe I should expand upon this idea um, or maybe I should add in some information about X, Y and Z into this section. Um, so, yeah, that's and they're available everywhere here in the US. I know I've had some friends uh, from the UK who say that they can't find composition notebooks like what we have Um over there, um, and maybe in other places of Europe as well, where you just don't find them as readily available. But here in the U.S., like, if I, if I were to somehow magically run out of my maybe 30 or 40 composition notebooks, um, I could walk up to Walgreens and I could buy a composition notebook. I could probably walk into the dollar store, and get a composition notebook, you know, and all of the big box stores have them on the shelf at all times. And, Yes, during the regular season, they're between $1.99 and 5 bucks each. But still, that's pretty much cheaper than a you know, a quality journal or other notebook that you're going to find. I mean, other notebooks are substantially more expensive for the quality of paper that you're going to find in some of these things. Like a $3.50 Wex- Wexford composition notebook at Walgreens has paper in it that responds really well to fountain pen and that's not just something that you're going to find just anywhere so what do you thought what, what what are your thoughts about why use it why one should use a composition notebook
1: like you i i find that when i use a composition notebook there's something well i mean there's no pressure for me so when i'm mm-hmm. writing mm-hmm. in a notebook you know, usually I'm, I'm just thinking of other notebooks I have, say, you know, a like a Moleskine, right? It's like I'm so worried about messing up that it hinders my process. It hinders my ability to to free write, to write, you know, because psychologically for me, it's like I have this beautiful notebook. I, I need to make sure that I use it in a way that's that's appropriate all of this is silly to me. Like logically, I know that sounds silly, but, um, with a composition notebook, I can completely be free in how I express myself. And also just like, if I mess up, no big deal. It's a composition notebook. And I'm not saying it in that tone to Mm -hmm. say a composition notebook is any less. I'm saying it in a sense of like, you know, a composition notebook is something that, is readily available. I could get at a store for 50 cents. Sometimes when Staples goes, you know, like on their huge sale of like 10 cents, um, you can find them for 10 cents. Uh, but, but yeah, there's just something freeing about using a composition notebook for me that really, really kind of just makes the process more enjoyable at the end, in the end.
0: Hmm. Yeah yeah
1: will they be the notebook that i use all the time absolutely not like i couldn't see myself using a composition notebook for everything that i do but they are they definitely do kind of have their spot in my life um -hmm. like i could see myself doing like morning pages you know in a composition notebook um because, like I said before, my process is—and this is my own hang-up—but my process is always hindered by what I'm writing with and writing, writing what I'm writing yeah. in. Because that's why I think a lot of us have so many notebooks that are blank, um, or yeah. so many writing implements that are never used. And when you think about the concept of like quick journaling or morning pages or you know writing something before bed, like. You know, those aren't supposed to be processes that are impacted by the logistics of writing. And so, you know, I think that it kind of serves its purpose. It's like when I think about, you know, the pastel little five by eight uh, legal pads that I use whenever Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, like on the phone with somebody or or podcasting with you or like, I I don't think about it. It's a writing surface. And I find that I'm just freer that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Completely agree. Um, and, and that's the other thing. Like, I don't use composition notebooks for everything. I've wanted to t- take my bullet journal and kind of try and put it in a composition notebook just because I think the size would be interesting. Um, but the way that I set up my bullet journals is... 180 degrees different from how I set up and use a composition notebook like I so my bullet journal my bulleted list is on the left hand page and then my right hand page is for notes so it's completely the opposite of how I do my composition notebooks and I think the size of a composition notebook might just be too big but I think when I finish actually I don't I know I won't do it I I say that I, I I'm trying to convince myself to do it, but I know I won't because I like six by nine inch journals for my bullet journal. And again, it goes back to that. I like having things that are about the same size um on my shelf when I look at them. So when I look at my bullet journals, I kind of like them that they're all the same size. And if I were to suddenly like insert a composition notebook in there, it just wouldn't match. Um, and that would throw me off. Not that it should, but it will. Um, and so I don't, I don't think I'll do it as much as I kind of like the idea of it. I probably won't do it. Um, and going off of that, um, that's another thing is like, I really like that composition notebooks are just sort of my idea book. Things just flow so smoothly into them. Like you were talking about data. It's just like, there's no impediment to my just. Purging whatever is in my head into the composition notebook, but at the same time, like when I'm thinking about sort of more specific things, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of how I can talk about this without it being um, going into stuff that I don't want on the air yet. Um, so I've been working on a document. We'll go with this. I've been working on this document where I've been working on this document for most of my professional life. And I need to take that document and update the language to modern times. So when I began this document, it was in the late nineties and I just sort of like you add things to it um, over time. And a lot of the language that I used for it is pretty dated, but it's also not something that I would use on a regular basis, but I need to have it updated on a regular basis, which is, uh, I can't, it's, it's hard to talk about without I would actually talking about it. Um, but updating that language is something that I'm doing inside my bullet journal because it makes sense to have this sort of collected information in a place where I can refer to it more easily. Whereas my composition notebooks are more free flowing and less directed, if that makes sense. Um, but, that's not going to make a whole lot of sense to a lot of people because I'm skirting around the issue because I don't want to talk about it on air yet. Um, but, um, yeah. So, I don't know. Is there is there anything about composition notebooks that you think that I've missed?
1: I don't think so. I think you covered all the bases, at least for me. You, you know, kind of answered some of the questions like I had. Like, I was curious as to, you know what you like in a composition notebook, like how you use them, and, and you checked all those boxes for me. So
0: I think if anyone has any questions, um, obviously I'll be posting this in the RSVP group. You can also hit me up on Twitter, um, and I'll answer any uh, listener questions in the next episode or two. Um, whenever we record next, um, we will answer questions. Um, so
1: let's see here. I think we're done i think we've got it dade yeah i think we've reached the end
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so um i just want to take a moment to thank everyone for um being so interactive with us online you know being like commenting on twitter with me interacting on twitter with me um being part of the rsvp um stationary podcast Facebook group which is a nice safe little enclave um on Facebook away from the trash fire that is often Facebook I really enjoy that and I really appreciate that we can have so many dis- intellectual discussions about stationery and other things in a supportive and kind environment I just appreciate that group so much Um, and I just thank, thank you for supporting us. If you get a chance to review us, rate and review, um, you know, obviously any star review is great. Five stars is even better. Um, but you know, just go to your favorite, uh, podcatcher and review us and let people know, um, why you like us. And the best thing that you can do is share a link to your favorite episode on Twitter, Facebook, or whatever social media you are using. Um, and you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. We have a Discord server now, which is pretty quiet. Um, I pop in there at least once a week. I don't know about you, Dade, but uh, I, I pop in there on occasion. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original LC Harper. Dade, where can the fine folks find you?
1: You could find me at weeklypencil.com. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The Weekly Pencil.
0: All right. Thanks, Dade. Thank you. Have good...